0: You know, as a, as a pastor, um, one, of, one of the things that uh, happens in my life is I get a chance to meet a lot of different people. Uh, just given what I do, a lot of people come to church and I, I get a chance to meet people and talk with people and connect with people. And because I get to meet so many people, um, I have an opportunity to connect people with other people. And so if, if I'm talking with you and you need help with HVAC or something like that, then I can say, oh, have you met Brian? Cause, cause uh, he does HVAC and he can help you out with that. Let me let me connect you with one another. If you're if you're in the process of planning a wedding and you're like, man, I, I need a coordinator. I don't know what I'm doing. I could say, oh, have you met Jamie? Cause she's part of our church and and she's amazing at what she does. You guys should should connect. If 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 you say I have this lower back pain from uh, doing the limbo and I don't know what happened. I need to. I'd be like, oh, have you met Angela? She's a nurse. She could she could probably talk to you about that and help you with that. If you need. A graphic designer, a logo, a photography, family photos. I can say, oh, let me introduce you to the love of my life, Irene, who, that's what she does. She's a professional photographer and graphic designer and makes websites and irenedavis.com. And you can, anyway, so I have the chance to meet so many different people, and I get a chance to introduce people to, to other people. And, uh, and, and I love being able to do this. And, and I wonder, just, just just imagine this. What if I came up to you this morning because I wanted to introduce you to somebody, and I came up to you, and I said, hey, I got somebody you have to meet. And then I brought this person in front of you, and the person that I introduced you to was you. Like, like I introduced you to, to you. Not, not you, how you are now, how you currently are, but what if I introduced you to who you will be five years from now? What would you think about that? What would you say to that person? What would you feel? First, you'd probably say, okay, where's the DeLorean DMC-12? Because I want to take a ride in it and go back to the future. You might say that. But when, if you met who you'll be five years from now, what do you think you would think about that person? Do you think you'd recognize them? I wonder, would they, would they look a little different? If, if you met you, five, who you'll be five years from now, you met them, would they look like you now? Or would they have a bigger waistline, maybe a smaller waistline, maybe the same waistline? If, if you met you five years from now, what would you think about that person? Would they, would they be smarter than you are right now? Would they uh, be more healthy or less healthy? Uh, would they um, be, be uh, in debt? Drowning in debt like you are now, or would they be debt free? If you met you five years from now, what would you think of that person? How would they be? How would they be different? Would they be married? Would they be dating, single, divorced? Again, I'm not talking about how you are now because you might be in a certain situation now, but the way that you're going five years from now, would this person be a lot different? Would they have a good relationship with their kids, or would they barely be on speaking terms with their kids? Uh, would they have a better job would they have the same job would they have no job would they would they have a good self-image or a poor self-image would they have joy purpose and meaning in their life or would they have hurt pain and regret or maybe a a mix of both if you were to meet your future you who you'll be five years from now what do you think of that person what do you think your future you would think about you If who you'll be five years from now came into contact with who you are right now, what do you think they'd say to you? Do you think they'd say, hey, thank you so much for what you're doing right now. Thank you so much for the way that you're living. Thank you for the habits you've developed. Thank you for the discipline you've instilled in your life. Thank you for everything you're doing right now because what you're doing right now has made me into who I am and I'm so grateful. Or would they say to you, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because what you're doing right now is making me, has made me into who I am. Change something. If your future you met you today, what would they think of you? Well, I don't don't have the the privilege and the opportunity to introduce you to who you'll be one day. I don't have that uh, magic touch. But I do want to introduce you to who you are right now. I want, to, I want to bring who you are right now in, in front of a mirror so that you can see who you are. And what I want to help you discover is that who you are right now is leading you down a path to become who you'll be one day. And the question is, do you want to continue down that path to become that person or do you want to change the path that you're on? And here's the beauty of it all. Here's the amazing thing. You are in control of who you'll become. You are. You are. You are in control of your future. You are in charge of your destiny. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, the only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. The only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. And so if you met your future you, would you be excited in what you saw or would you be disappointed? Here's the deal, whoever you would meet, you have nobody to blame but yourself. You have nobody to congratulate except for yourself. Again, I I don't have the power to introduce you to the future you, but I wanna introduce you to who you are today, here, and now. Last week we started this series called The Me I Wanna Be. And uh, we started this series because um, I've just had this experience where there's this me that I see, and then there's this me that I wanna be, and there's a gap in between. And I don't always measure up to who I wanna be. And so throughout this series, we're going on this journey together to try and figure out how do we bridge the gap? How do we become the kind of people that we long to be? And really, this series is all about our values as a church. We call it the journey way. And so our, our, the journey way is our values. It's who we are. It's how we operate. It's how we do things. And so last week, um, I covered our value, we recklessly run with Jesus. Today, the value that I want to speak from is this, we be what we want to see, we be what we want to see. And these are our values, the, the journey way. This week, we're going to send you an email so that you can uh, download some some wallpapers for your phone so that you can uh, download it to your phone. You can see our values. There's also a QR code. We love QR codes. So that you can use that to in- invite people to our church. You can just whip it out. They can scan your phone and then they'll be able to go to our site. Just It's like a digital invite card that you have. But um. These values, the journey way, are about who we are, but but they're not just values for our church or our organization. These are values that that I hope will move from the journey way to your way, where you'll adopt them and begin to embody them in your own life. Because I believe that if you live out these values, then it'll help you bridge the gap from who you see to who you want to be. And so today, uh, we be what we uh, we be what we want to see. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and type that in uh, the notes section of your phone. We be what we want to see. This is what I'm preaching from. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and type that in the notes section of your phone. Uh, we be what we want to see. And, and and this isn't just a, a value for our church. This is actually like a biblical concept. Uh, there was this guy named Paul who was opposed to Jesus. Like 2,000 years ago, he hated Jesus. He was anti-Jesus, Uh, And then he met the resurrected Jesus. And when he met Jesus resurrected, his whole life was transformed. He went from hating Jesus to following Jesus. And this is one of the greatest evidences that Jesus was who he said he was. Here's a guy who's a critic and a skeptic who meets Jesus, and his whole life is changed because of it. And Paul goes on to start churches all over the Roman world, and he, and he writes these letters to these different churches, and we have them recorded for us in the New Testament of the Scriptures. And there's uh, this one letter that he writes to the church in Galatia that I want to draw our attention to. Uh, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He's writing to this church, and here's what he says. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. I want to I want to take a moment to to help you memorize this verse today. Uh, look at this. You showed up to church. You didn't know you have to do some work, but we're going to memorize this verse together. Okay, so I'm going to say it, and then you just repeat it after me. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. So one more time. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. All right, now you're going to say it with me. Here we go. One, two, three. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. One more time. One, two, three. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Now you're going to do it without me and not with the screen. (laughs) So take this off. Pretend it's not there, close your eyes, don't look, all right, here we go. You're going to do it on your own, ready? One, two, three. Good job, congratulations, yes, look at that, you showed up to church, you didn't know you were going to memorize a verse and you have, this is productive already. Galatians 6, 7, we forgot to say that, Galatians 6, 7. Do not, there you go. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Those who sow to please their sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, listen, I'm no farmer right? My wife and I, we have this raised garden in our backyard, and Irene has gotten really good at, at growing things. Me, not so much. Like, I don't have a green thumb at all. I have no green fingers at all. It's actually the opposite of green, and the opposite of green on the color wheel is red, so I've been caught red-handed killing things, like not being able to grow stuff. But even though I know John Deere, um, I, I do understand this concept of reaping and sowing, that if I want basil then I need to plant basil. And if I plant basil, I will get basil. If I water it and till it and all that stuff. But if I want basil and I plant tomatoes, then 10 times out of 10, I'm going to get tomatoes. And so I can't show up to our raised garden and see tomatoes growing and get mad and frustrated and irritated because why are there tomatoes in the garden? It's because I planted tomatoes. See, if I want basil, I need to plant basil. If I want tomatoes, I need to plant tomatoes. If I want a lovely bruschetta, then I plant basil and tomatoes, and then I'm going to the store to get olive oil because I'm not growing olives and pressing them for my own oil. But this is how it works, reaping and sowing. Whatever it is I put in the ground, whatever it is I plant, That's what I'm going to harvest. That's what's going to come about. And this is where I think so many of us get stuck because we forget this principle. We think God can be mocked. We think that doesn't apply to me. We think I'm going to do something different. And the the truth is, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. And so if you sow... Um, bitterness if you sow passive aggressive conversations in your marriage don't be surprised when the result that you get is constant quarreling and fights and a distance from one another how did we get here because we were sowing these things into our relationship and it got us the results that we got if, if, if you sow discipline in your physical activity and your diet, then you'll reap the rewards, the benefits of a healthy physique. If you find yourself 20 pounds overweight, don't look around and say, how did this happen? It's because you'd sowed cheeseburgers and fries into your body and didn't do the work required. To, we reap what we sow. But so often, and, and, and for some of you, I mean, this just fixes your frustration right now. You're looking at some stuff, and you're like, how did I get here? I don't get it. You're so frustrated. You reap what you sow. The results you're getting are a direct correlation to the things that you've done. And in the same way, who you'll be five years from now is dependent on what you do here and now. So who do you want to be five years from now? Begin to do that stuff now. Because who you are now is a direct result of who you were five years ago and the things that you were doing leading up to now. This didn't just happen. We be what we want to see. We live in a sowing and reaping world. I want to show you this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs is this book of wisdom in the Old Testament. It says, where there is no revelation people cast off restraint. But blessed are those who heed wisdom's instruction. Where there's no revelation, people just cast off restraint, do whatever they want to do. But blessed are those who heed wisdom's instruction, who listen to wisdom and then do what it says. See, in Proverbs, when it says where there's no revelation, what it's doing is it's talking about God's Word. Um, When God's Word is not the center of your life, when it's not the foundation of your life, when it's not the, the, where you operate from and live from, then it's easy to cast off restraint. You just do whatever you want to do. And, and we do this often. We do this in our society. We do this in our culture. Maybe you've done this. where You can even be a Christ follower and, and, and still cast off restraint where you say this, well, I know the Bible says, but... X, And because of that, we use that as justification and reason to do whatever it is we want to do, and then we find ourselves stuck, we find ourselves unsatisfied, we find ourselves coming up short, we find ourselves, this is the me that I see, this is the me that I want to be, and there's a gap. And how did that happen? The reason is because, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. The the reason is because, well, I know God's word says to pursue purity, but... We really love one another, and it's just cheaper for us to live together. I mean, the house prices and stuff like that, so we're doing that. And I know God's word says that, and I know I should, and I don't know, I don't know I'm supposed to, but we just cast off restraint and do whatever we want. And then we wonder, why, why do I feel empty? Why, why do I feel stuck? Why do I, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Well, I know the Bible says, but I work really hard for my money. And it's my money. And I'm going to, I'll toss God a bone every once in a while. And then we just wonder, why are we struggling with debt? Why are we freaked out about finances? Because we think it's all ours. And we forget where it comes from. See, this is why it's so important. This is why it's so vital. And you're in church, so, so, so my hope is that you're, you're trying to figure this out when it comes to God's word. This is why it's so important. For you to develop a daily habit of getting into God's Word so you can know what it says. Because if you don't know what it says, you can't do what it says. Some of you know what it says, but you need to take the step to actually do what it says. Right? And that's why you're stuck. Because you know it, but you don't do it. This is why it's so important to take time to read God's Word on a daily basis and uh, it's so easy to do that. There's, there's all kinds of tools that can help you do that. Uh, but one way that you can do that is you can actually download a Bible for free on your phone. If you just go to your app store, you type in Bible, download the version app, uh, and it's a Bible for free. And every single day, they put out a verse of the day. And so there's a video, somebody talks about it. Uh, you can read the verse, and then there's a Bible study that goes along with it. And so for five minutes a day, you can begin to develop the habit of getting in God's Word. And so it's so vital that we get in God's Word. And so if that's not something you're currently doing, it's time to start. Th- this is also why it's important not just to, to read God's word, but to also memorize it, to hide it in our hearts so that we can live out what it says. That's why we took time earlier to memorize that verse. You remember, right? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Galatians. All right, cool. Ten of you got it. Nice. So. But this is why we take time to memorize God's word. So we hide it in our heart and then we live by it. It becomes the foundation for our life. This is also why it's so vital to be connected in a local church. Because when you're connected in a local church and you make Sunday morning a priority, what happens is you get in a grace-filled environment where God's word is pumped into you and you're inspired and challenged and motivated to then go live it out throughout the week. And, and so many people, so many people, and, and maybe this is you, so many people have gotten in the habit of not being connected in the local church. Because two years and two weeks ago, a pandemic hit, and we we're terrified. The world was ending. So in the midst of the apocalypse, a lot of people got out of the habit of going to church, because churches weren't meeting. And so we turned online, and and that was good for a time, but, but what happened is we got in a habit, we developed new habits, we developed new alternatives to not getting reconnected in the local church. I talk to people all the time, and they say, I, I used to go to church, but then in 2020, and it's been two years now, and they say, I haven't reconnected. I used to go to church, but, and I just want to say, it's time to reconnect. It's time to recommit. Maybe that's why some of you are here today. Because you saw some advertising, you, you got a mailer. You, you saw something on Facebook. A friend invited you, and you said, "Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll come back to church." And I'm glad you're here. I'm honored that you're. I want to, I want to invite you though. Please, 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 make the local church a priority in your life. Make this gathering a priority in your life. Because look, watching a buffet of famous preachers online is fine. Getting in a in a church chat. At some big church, that's great and that's amazing. That that's awesome. But here's the deal: you gotta get involved in a local church, you gotta get connected. Because a sermon every once in a while online is not gonna support you when you're going through a miscarriage. You need a community of people to do that. When when you're on a church chat online, checking in, giving a wave and a thumbs up and a hey, that's fine. But those people aren't going to give you the challenge that you need when the stuff that you've shoved in the shadows comes out sideways and you're living all kinds of ways. They're not going to be there to say, hey, I think God has more for you. That's why it's so important to be involved in a community and connected. And, and this is why I took a detour for about 10 minutes from my sermon to, to talk about this. Because I want to invite you to get connected in this local church. See, we just, we just launched six weeks ago. And uh, we're still figuring some stuff out. We're, we're building systems and processes and we're, and we're trying to get better at what we do on Sunday and, and, and all of that. But, but I want to invite you to play a part in what happens here. And so you've been coming, you, you've been checking out, maybe you've been sitting in the seat and you've been, you've been seeing it. But I want to invite you to move beyond the seat to make church more than just a chair and get involved and to begin serving. Because here's what studies show us that for people who come to church, if they don't get connected with other people in the first six months, and they don't get connected to a higher mission, then after about six months, they'll, they'll just fade out. And I don't want that for you. I don't want six months from now for you to be back in the same cycle that you were in before, maybe not going to church or not part of a church. So I wanna invite you to get connected, to get involved. And so we've talked about the, the mother of all QR codes. Go ahead and take out your phone. And uh, I think everybody can do this, even if you don't sign up today, even if you don't sign up for a group, even if you don't sign up to serve, even if you don't sign up to give, I want you to take out your phone and just scan this so it'll be on your phone. And everybody can do this because everybody has a, a smartphone. Just scan this, and this is your step today. Just scan it. So it'll be there so that maybe on Tuesday when you're thinking about it again, you're like, oh yeah, let me sign up. What he said made sense. I was just putting it off. I had to go pray about it. You don't need to pray about this. Getting involved in the local church is what God has called you to do. Let, let, let me pray about serving. You don't need to pray about it. God has already said it in his word. But scan this, and I want to invite you to take your next step. Man, what you see every single week, it gets set up by like a, a group of about 20 people. And we come in early on Sunday mornings. We set this up. We tear it down. And we do it because it's, it's joy for us. Because we know that it impacts people's lives. We, we know that it helps. But I want to invite you to be on the team. I want to invite you to use your gifts to contribute to what God is doing here. So that instead of sitting on the sidelines, you can be in the game. And be a part of it. And you can sign up right here. So scan this. There's a, there's a tab there that says serve. I want to invite you to um, tap that, fill that out. And then uh, we'd love to get connected with you and just have you come live a day in the life. That's what we call it. You just live a day in the life. You're not committed for life. You're just living a day in the life. You're shadowing uh, somebody just to see what happens and and you get to play a part in it. And then uh, we'll follow up and and then then we'll have you sign up for Life in Blood. So um, (laughs) that's totally a joke. But it's so important to make a local church just... Like, like part of your rhythm and your routine. And so God's word, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Yeah. And so as we, as we focus on this truth of, of sowing and reaping, whatever it is I plant, that's what I grow. Um, Charlie Tremendous Jones said this. He said, you'll be the exact same person as you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And so, and so I wonder, how do you want your life to look five years from now? Because your life is not going to be any different according to Tremendous Jones except for the books that you read and the people that you meet. I'd push further and say getting God's word in your, in your so, so there's a book that you read, getting God's word rooted in your heart and in your life uh, and doing what it says. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a vision for who you want to be. Think about who you want to be five years from now. What kind of person is that? What attributes do they have? What characteristics do they embody? What what books do they read? What podcasts do they listen to? What are the habits that they've developed in their life? Think about who you want to be five years from now. What you're doing is you're getting a vision for who you want to be. Now, as you think about where you want to be five years from now and who you want to be five years from now, what kind of books that person reads, what kind of podcasts that person listens to, uh, what kind of people that person surrounds themselves with, uh, what kind of habits that they do... The way that you get there is to begin reading those books now, to begin listening to those podcasts now, to begin surrounding yourself with those kind of people now, to begin doing those habits now. What you do now will determine who you'll be then. We be what we want to see. I want to, I want to drill down on this just, just a, little, a little further. Um, this, this verse in Proverbs, where there's no revelation, where there's no vision, People cast off restraint. Um, when you have a vision for where you want to go, that'll direct your steps. If you don't have a vision, if you're not aiming for anything, you'll hit it every time. So, so where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Watch. When I have a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger and all of his bodybuilding glory on my refrigerator, I have a vision And that reminds me when I go to the refrigerator to make good choices in what I eat. When I see that and I'm thinking, I'm going to be like that one day. Then when I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym, doesn't matter, I'm going to the gym. Because i got a vision. And because i got a vision, I'm going to put on restraint. I'm going to do things that are hard. I'm going to do things that are difficult. I'm going to get rid of my bad habits that are not serving me to live that way. And so... I got a vision, I'll put on restraint, and as I do that, that will help me become who I want to be. When, when I have a vacation destination as my wallpaper on my computer, then it reminds me that even though it was a difficult day, we're not going to order out for pizza. Even, even though I don't really feel great right now, I'm not going to help with uh, shopping therapy. I'm not going to use credit cards. I'm not going to run up debt. I'm not going to go into debt because I have a vacation that I want to go on. And that vacation that I want to go on is not one that I want to take back with me with payments. And so when I have all-inclusive Aruba on my computer, I'm like, that's where I'm headed. So for me to get there, I need to get out of debt so that I can pay for it, right? Where, Where there's a vision, I'm going to put on restraint so that I can achieve it. What's the vision that you have for your life when you look down at your ring and you see that ring, and you remember the vows that you took, it reminds you not to look at certain sites, because I made vows, and I'm, I'm, I'm striving to be free from this addiction. See, when you got a vision, it changes everything for you. What's the vision that you have? Who do you want to be five years from now? For you to get there, it requires you to begin with the end in mind and start doing those things here and now. And, and parents, I just want to give you this. Um, you don't need to focus on telling your kids to pursue purity before marriage. Instead, give them a greater vision for their life, and they'll pursue purity so that they can achieve that vision. Do you see what I'm saying? Oftentimes, we focus on the thing, don't do that. But what if, instead of me focusing on the don't do that, I said, here's what God has for you in store, Here's the plans God has for you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and I want to see you chase after that. When they get that in mind, then of course they're going to set up boundaries. Of course they're going to pursue purity because I got a greater vision for my life. Where there is no vision, though, the people cast off restraint. They just do whatever they want to do. Here's what the scriptures say in Proverbs 29, 18. Where there's no vision, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed are those who heed wisdom's instruction. Blessed are those who heed wisdom's instruction, who listen to what wisdom says. I want to show you what wisdom says. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. King Solomon, who writes this chapter, he personifies the voice of wisdom. And uh, here, here's wisdom's instruction. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Turn around. Change. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me. But will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Wisdom says you are on a path. You're headed somewhere. You're going to become someone. And if you're going to become somebody you don't want to be, change course. Do something different now. Because who you'll be five years from now is a direct result of what you're doing right now. So I wonder are there things in your life right now that are keeping you from who God is calling you to be? Are there things you keep embracing? that are causing your marriage to be what it is and you don't like it? Are there ideas and attitudes and mindsets that you have right now that are keeping you as a victim to your surroundings? Are there things that you're engaging in right now that are not serving you to discover the more that you were made for? It's time to change it. It's time to be open with somebody and say, man, I keep looking at this and I need help. I need help, because the studies show that a majority of people in this room deal with lust, you're just hiding it, it's time to say something and get real about it, because this addiction is not serving you, come on, five years from now, you don't want to be looking at that again, really, nah, you don't want that, you don't want that, you don't, I wonder if for some you need to have a long dinner tonight with your spouse and say, I'm so sorry for the way I've been treating you. I've been living so selfish. I've been thinking it was about me, but really it's about us. Maybe you need to sit down, just look over your bank account and say, I make too much money to be this broke. Why am I paying other people? Credit cards, car companies, Sally Mae, for a a loan on a degree I don't even use. I need to get out of this. I need to develop a plan. What do you need to do? Today is a day that your life could forever change, but it's up to you. It's up to you to decide to do something. Because I would love to introduce you to who you'll be five years from now and for them to say, thank God you heeded wisdom's call. Thank God you did what wisdom said. Man, because I was looking and I didn't know. I was like, ah, which way are they going to go? But then you made that decision and ah, I'm so grateful. Because I am who I am today. Because of that decision you made back then. That's how you get to be the me you want to be. But it starts by embracing this value. We be what we want to see. I just don't want you to be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Let's sow something good. But you can't do it on your own. And this is why we need Jesus. This is why I'm so grateful That Jesus saw us in this place, in our despair, and he said, I'm going to do something about it. Jesus, God, put on flesh to live amongst us, and he went to the cross to die the death that we deserve. And it's only with his help and his strength and his guidance that we can become all that he's called us to be. And that's why we're about to observe communion in a moment. On your seats, or Cups with juice in it. The juice reminds us of Jesus' blood that was shed for us. There's a cracker there. It reminds us of his, blood, his body that was broken for us. And I want to invite you, just in the next couple moments, to feel free to take communion if you'd like. Not as a ritual, but as a reminder for how much God loves you and how he gave his life for you. And you're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. But you are, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and accept him as your savior. And so I wanna give you that chance now too. If you've never said yes to Jesus, believing that he died for you on the cross and he rose again from the dead, you've come to your wits end and you said, I can't do this on my own. Jesus, I wanna follow you. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and be baptized into him, immersed in water and raised to new life so that your sins could be forgiven and God's spirit could come live inside of you, I wanna invite you to do that as well. We have that code, the mother of all QR codes. You can scan that. There's a form that says connect. Fill that out. There's a box that says, I wanna accept Christ and be baptized. There's also a box. If you're not quite ready for that yet, you got some questions. It says, I got some questions about Christianity. Mark that box. Let us know because we'd love to journey with you in this. Would you pray with me? God, I want to thank you so much for your grace and your love and your mercy. You are so good. You're so good. You're so good. And you're so wise. You know what we need to do. And you've laid it out in your word. Oh, and I just know right now, it's like you're on the edge of the seat of your throne looking down and you're just cheering us on. Come on, do it do it. You know what to do. You can do it. I'm with you. You're not alone. So God, help us be what we want to see today. Uh, Help us be what we want to see. We're tired of being stuck. We're tired of being frustrated. We're tired of showing up looking for basil when we planted tomatoes. Help us today be what we want to see. In Jesus' name, amen. As you guys exit uh, later, we got some mirrors that are hanging up and some markers there. I want to invite you to write on those mirrors what it is you want for yourself. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's to be more kind, generous. I don't know. You're going to write what you want for yourself on that mirror. That's who you want to be. You might not be there yet, but write what you want and who you want to be. And then look in that mirror and make that decision. Today's going to be the day that you begin to journey towards that with Jesus.